All right, sweetheart, last one. This is math and physics, and it is my least favorite, so I'm going to spend the absolute minimum amount of time on it. One, because I don't want to read all these filthy equations. You can go through and do that. Um, and two, I hate it. So, yeah, we'll do the best we can. All right, Newton is a quantity of force. Kilograms, meters, second, inverse squared. So kilograms, meters, inverse, second squared. The joule is a newton meter. That's kilograms, meter squared, over second squared. Electron volt is made up of joules. The watt is made up of joules per second, which is kilograms per meter squared over seconds cubed. The volt is watts over amps. The ohm is volts over amps. And we're not going to talk about the rest of them. The sievert is joules per kilogram. Cosine of 60 is 0.5. Kilo is 10 to the 3rd. Mega is 10 to the 6th. Giga is 10 to the 9th. Tera is 10 to the 12th. Deci is 10 to the negative 1. Centi is 10 to the negative 2. Milli is 10 to the negative 3. Micro, mu, 10 to the negative 6th. Nano, 10 to the negative 9th, pico, 10 to the negative 12th. Don't forget to do your dimensional analyses. Uh, try to convert everything to base SI units, like meter, kilogram, and seconds. Sokotoa, where you can remember that. Um, key kinematics concepts, so displacement is the change in location, which is a vector quantity. Scalar equivalent is distance. Velocity is change in displacement over time. It's a vector quantity. Scalar equivalent is speed. Area under the curve is velocity versus time graph is displacement. Acceleration is a change in velocity over time. It's a vector quantity. Area under the curve of acceleration versus time graph is a change in velocity. If one quantity is zero, that does not mean that the other quantities are zero too. Zero displacement can occur with non-zero velocity and or acceleration. Zero velocity can occur with non-zero acceleration and zero acceleration can occur with non-zero velocity. All right, so kinematics equations, D equals one-half times VI plus VF times T, or delta V equals AT, or delta X equals VIT plus one-half AT squared, or VF squared equals VI squared plus 2A delta X. Projectile motion, split your initial velocity into Vx and Vy. Vx is constant. Vy changes due to constant acceleration of negative 9.8 meters per second squared. Round it off to 10. Uh, Vy is zero at the top of a projectile's trajectory. And the motion on an inclined plane can be summarized with g is perpendicular to g cosine theta. g is parallel to g sine theta. So perpendicular, cosine. Parallel, g sine theta. Work equals force times distance. Power equals work over time. Force is something that causes an object with mass to accelerate, and it can be expressed by newtons. And remember, newtons are kilogram meters over second squared. Newton's three laws. Force in a net direction is zero at equilibrium. Newton's second law, force in some net direction equals mass times acceleration. Newton's third law, Force AB equals negative force of BA, equal and opposite.
free body diagrams, I know you can't do them. It's fine. Just try and put the center of mass, and then remember it's mass x plus mass x. So drop the center, sum your masses times the x, and put it over the masses itself. So it's like a proportion for center of mass. Uh, I'm going to ignore the rest of this because you're not going to pay attention to it anyway, and it just annoys you. Cool. So static friction, F max, is mu sub s times n, where mu sub s is the coefficient of static friction, and n is the normal force. Kinetic friction, when it's moving, F kinetic equals mu sub k times n, where mu k is the coefficient of kinetic friction, and n is the normal force. More force is needed to overcome static friction than to overcome kinetic friction. Gravitation. Force of gravity equals big G times N1 plus M2, M1 times M2 over R2. Note that force of gravity is proportional to mass and inverse proportional to the square of the distance between objects. Um, centripetal forces cause rotational motion and tension force on a string. Centripetal acceleration is equal to A equals V squared over R. F center is equal to mv squared over r. And remember, force can always be force equals mg for gravity. Hooke's law. I don't think you've ever gotten one of these right. So um, the force is equal to negative kx, where k is a unique constant to each spring that represents its stiffness. I think you just keep forgetting the negative. Or you put the directions in opposite patterns each time. Work equals force times distance. Force times distance cosine theta, where theta is the angle formed between force and horizontal. And remember that's sine theta if you're talking parallel. Mechanical advantage is less force for the same work. So look at the length of incline, length of incline over the height of incline, bigger the slope, harder the work. Let's see, power is work divided by time, and that is in watts. And remember a watt is a joule per second. Kinetic energy equals one-half mv squared, and it's in kilogram meters per second squared times meters or newton meters or joules. Gravitational potential energy, Pe of gravity equals mgh. Um, that's in newton meters or joules. Elastic potential energy, PE elastic, equals one-half kx squared, newton meters or joules. Conservation of energy, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, just transferred from one form to another. There are no exceptions. Non-conservative forces like friction may remove energy from a specific system and may be dissipated as thermal energy, but the physical law of conservation is still followed. Within a system of conservative forces, the sum of kinetic and potential energy is conserved. The Ke initial plus the Pe initial equals the Ke final plus the Pe final. Again, gravitational potential energy, MgHi equals one-half Mv final squared plus MgH final. So one-half Mv initial squared plus MgH initial equals one-half Mv final squared plus MgH final. They do the, a lot of stuff. Okay, so this is a very complex way of saying simple stuff. I kind of wish we'd done this a little bit earlier because, frankly, they just make this way too complicated. Um, 
work is the change in kinetic energy, where it can be Ke final minus Ke initial equals work. Uh, okay, work can also be power over the change in volume. So work equals the area under the curve of a graph with pressure on the y-axis and volume on the x-axis. Oh, I'm sorry. So work equals pressure times a change in volume. Um, so that's like the engine efficiency graph that we looked at the other day. So a common application is the use of pistons to compress gas. Yeah, that's easy. Area under the curve. Heat is a form of energy transfer. Temperature is a way of measuring kinetic energy. Heat and temperature are not the same thing. Okay, yep, you know, Kelvin, add 273.15 to make it even to Celsius. Please convert your stuff from Celsius to Kelvin. I think you do that on literally every test. You forget to do that. Thermodynamic systems, open systems, can exchange matter and energy with their surroundings. Closed systems can only exchange energy with their surroundings. And remember, that's a change in S. Isolated systems can exchange neither energy or matter. Arguably, the only real example of this is the universe but we try and simulate isolated systems in various contexts. State functions, stuff that's independent, internal energy, temperature, entropy, Gibbs free energy, enthalpy, pressure, density, and volume. Path functions, heat, and work. The crucial point is that state functions describe the state of a system at a given moment, while path functions describe transitions to get someplace else. Zeroth law. If system A is in thermal equilibrium with systems B and C, then systems B and C must be in thermal equilibrium with each other. Conservation of energy. The energy change of a system equals the transfer of energy into, the, into it via heat minus the work. So that's the change in U equals Q minus W. Uh, increasing entropy over time. If two objects are in thermal contact but not thermal equilibrium, heat en energy will spontaneously flow from the object with the higher temperature to the object with the lower temperature. Entropy of an isolated system will increase over time. Microscopically, entropy is a measure of how many microstates are compatible with a given macrostate K or a measure of degrees of freedom of the molecules within a state of matter. I don't know why I read you that. That seems completely unnecessary. I'm so sorry. Heat transfer. Conduction is the direct transfer between substances in contact with each other. Convection is the heat transfer due to circulation of fluids. Radiation. Objects with heat emit EM waves, which transfer energy to the objects they hit. Sunlight is a good example of this. Thermal expansion. That's the change in L over L which equals AV change in T, alpha V change in T. Uh, let's see, thermodynamic conditions relevant for pressure or volume curves, isobaric, pressure constant, isothermic, temperature constant, adiabatic, no heat or matter transferred, isochoric, same volume. Density equals, density is rho equals mass over volume, Density of water is always 1,000 kilograms per meter cubed, or one gram per centimeter cubed. Specific gravity is rho over the rho of water. Pressure is force divided by area. When submerged, the pressure of a substance equals rho gh. Absolute pressure equals atmospheric pressure plus rho gh. Measuring pressure in a subsystem, the gauge pressure equals 
pressure of the system minus the pressure of the atmosphere. Buoyancy. When an object is submerged, the rho of the object over the rho of the liquid times 100 equals the percent submerged. Archimedes' principle, weight equals rho Vg. Mechanical advantage, force 2 equals A2 over A1 times force 1. The idea is that the same volume of fluid is being moved, but the force necessary depends on the area. So it means the whole force is transmitted to the entire liquid with each movement uniformly. Surface tension, uneven intermolecular forces at the interface between two surfaces. Cohesive forces within a molecule are stronger than adhesive forces, resulting in a convex meniscus, that's mercury. If adhesive forces to the walls of a container are stronger than cohesive forces within a molecule, a concave meniscus results, which is water. Viscosity, on an intuitive level, it is the resistance to flow. Water is pretty non-viscous. Laminar flow is smooth, regulated layers. Turbulent flow is chaotic. Possois law, I don't know, never heard it, only read it. Possois law is a whole bunch of gobbledygook. So this is laminar flow accounting for viscosity. Q equals pi r to the fourth times change in pressure over e 8 nl or change in P equals 8 nlq over pi r to the fourth. Bernoulli's law is pressure plus one-half rho v squared plus pgh. One equals pressure two plus one-half rho v squared plus P rho gh two. So it's like the quadratic equation using different variables. Mm -hmm. Let's see, key relationships from Bernoulli's law and continuity equation. A narrower tube results in lower pressure, this is the Venturi effect, and higher velocity. So a narrow, narrower tube results in lower pressure with higher velocity. Higher velocity results in lower pressure. Pytot tube can be used to calculate the velocity of a fluid. That's P stagnation minus P static equals one-half rho V squared. Charge is a property of subatomic particles. Electrons are negatively charged. Protons are, posi protons are positively charged. Resistivity is equal to R equals rho L over A and G equals sigma A over L. Field lines in an electric field point in the direction that a positive charge would move, so point towards the positive, P to P. Energy equals KQ over R squared, or F over Q. Dipole is a substance with two stable charges at each end. To analyze a dipole in a uniform field, tau equals FD sine theta, or F equals QE, where L is the length separating the charges in the dipole. So D equals L over 2. Uh, and just as a quick note, if it is a wavelength with open, if it's an open wave, right, with no node in the middle, double it to get your wavelength. So if it's a wave of 1 meter, for example, it's got no, it's not secured on either end, right? So you're going to double it and then divide it by your time to get your, your wavelength or your frequency.
electric potential kq over r q change v is equal to the work needed to move a charge between two points with different electric potential all right so circuits and magnetism i hate so i'm going to skip over all of the equations the big one is power dissipated by a resistor which is p equals iv and ohm's law which is v equals ir capacitors store charge in parallel plates Dielectric insulators increase capacitance. Capacitors create a uniform electric field. Magnetic fields are generated by magnetic materials and moving charges. It's not moving, it's not a magnetic field. Strength of a magnetic field generated by a current running through the straight wire. Uh, forget that, you don't need to know that. Um, force of magnetic field on a moving charge. Use your right hand rule. And Kirchhoff's law. Yeah. For a circuit with resistors R1, R2, and Rn. Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to read that. Yeah, do your best. All right, waves. V equals lambda F. So that's V equals the weird triangle F. It's the number one wave equation. Uh, longitudinal waves are the motion of particles parallel to the direction the wave is moving in. Transverse waves, the motion of particles is perpendicular to the direction the wave is moving in. Interference is when waves overlap lap, and amplitudes add together. Constructive interference, amplitudes in the same direction add up for an increased overall amplitude. Destructive inf interference, amplitudes in opposite directions cancel each other out, either totally or partially. Um, the Doppler effect, so waves get bunched up or stretched out. The frequency increases or decreases from the perspective of an observer. V of the observer is greater than zero if the observer moves towards the source. V of the source is greater than zero if the source moves away from the observer. The strings and open pipes, lambda equals 2 over n times L. F equals N over 2 times V over L. So nodes on the ends of strings, don't have to double it. No nodes on the end of strings, double it, and then divide it by your time. So a closed pipe is lambda equals 4L over N odd, and N is your nodes. So remember, you're going to put the nodes um, at an odd number. So you divide them evenly but then just add one to be able to get an odd number because they're always like a 3 or a 5 or 7. Um, F equals N odd over 4 times V over L. Cool. Mirrors and lenses. Uh, light is an example of electromagnetic, electromagnetic wave. Oh, electric and magnetic components are both perpendicular to propagation direction and to each other. They can be polarized. EM spectrum is big. Visible light is between 4 and 750 nanometers. Big equation E equals HF, which equals HC over lambda. The apparent color of an object is due to the light waves it does not absorb. Reflection is when a light wave bounces off an object, and the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. Refraction, the angle of light in a new medium due to change in velocity. N equals C over V of material, with the index of refraction. 
In optics, all angles are to the normal, so think about being perpendicular to any surface. As light moves from a medium with a large index of refraction to one with a smaller index of refraction, meaning it speeds up, total internal reflection can occur past the critical angle. Diffraction. When waves move through a barrier with a small opening, they spread out. Concave mirrors and lenses curve in, convex ones bulge out. Da, da, da. Positive, convex, converging lenses cause light waves to bend towards each other. Negative, concave, or diverging lenses cause waves to bend away from each other. The power of a lens in a diopter is P equals 1 over F. Remember, when you're doing these problems, if they give you two Fs, take the inverse of it. So if it's 4 over 3F with a 4F given, then put it 4 over 3F times 1 over 4F, cancel it out so you get 1 third as your answer. So it's directly opposite of whatever you do for dimensional analysis. I don't know why that is, but that's how you get it right. So, go team. All right, so let's talk about some decay. Alpha decay is get rid of a helium. So that's four atomic number, two atomic mass. That's wrong. Two atomic number, four atomic mass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Beta decay, you're going to increase the atomic number by one. Mass remains unchanged. Um, beta plus decay is, a, is just a positron, so no effect to your actual equation. With gamma decay, it's very penetrative, biologically active, but it's actually the least harmful. So beta is the most harmful. Alpha is pretty easy to shield against, and then gamma is very penetrative, but least harmful. Um, an electron capture is the other one, and that just increases the, the um, energy of the molecule. Mm, sorry, for the electron capture, the nucleus grabs an electron, which changes a proton into a neutron. So that means that you're going to have your Z minus 1. So atomic number Z minus 1 plus the electron. Okay, so radioactivity is commonly used in PET scans with a radioactive tracer, usually fluorodexyoxyglucose. The radioactive tracers involved in PET have short half-lives such that sensitive detectors can analyze where the emitted radioactive particles are coming from and then process that image for medical imaging. It's the same process as radial labeling. So if you see radial labeling or the Hershey Chase experiment, um, picture radioactive decay, um, which is that logarithmic scale over time. Okay, so quick review. Components of the atoms, protons, neutrons, electrons. Protons and neutrons form small nucleus at the center of an atom. Number of protons is the atomic number. Number of protons plus the neutrons is the atomic weight. Number of electrons or ions involved in chemical properties. E equals mc squared tells us about mass and energy interchangeable. Electrons are modeled as orbiting the atom in the Bohr model, but are more accurately thought of as waves. Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Yep, we all know that. Photoelectrical, photoelectric effect. 
So if a photon hits an energy with hits an atom with an energy of at least the threshold level, E equals work by function equals HF threshold, an electron will be ejected. Kinetic energy, yeah, kinetic energy is very easy to solve for. Um, types of radioactive decay, we already talked about that. So alpha decay is the removal of a helium nucleus, so that's two atomic number, four atomic mass. Beta minus decay is minus an electron, so the atomic number will increase by one, mass is unchanged. Beta plus decay, a beta plus particle or a positron, um, which will decrease the atomic number by one, mass remains unchanged. Gamma particle, no change to the atom, but it is very penetrative, least harmful. And then an electron capture results in decreasing the atomic number by one, but remass, the mass remains unchanged. Good job. That's it. Dimensional analysis, Kelvin. Um, do your best. Yeah. <laughs>